you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. about Jesus, say, yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't even think I need to preach. You already have it, amen? Laurie, I mean, Linda got a little concerned as we were driving down the road. She pulled up the Compassion site, and she found out the theme is storytellers. And she looked at me, and she said, are you telling any stories about me today? Yeah. So everybody just reach your hand over to Linda and pray for her right now. (laughs) Praise God. I told her, well, you might get mentioned a couple of times. When John told me that the theme was storytellers, I said, oh, I've got some stories, John. And he looked at me and said, oh, I know you do. So how many want to hear a story about Laurie's love life? (laughs) They're going to be watching this service in South Carolina, and you know what Laurie just did? Oh, Dad, no. I had told Laurie she couldn't date till she was 16. But boy, did the boys line up at our front door. It was incredible. I can't go through all the stories of all those boys, but I got a couple. There was one young man that brought his guitar. He didn't enter the house, but late at night, he just went over to Laurie's bedroom window. And he started strumming that guitar, and he began serenading Laurie late at night. All you wives, turn to your husbands, you never did that to me. Now, how good was he? When he graduated from high school, he went to New York City to train to be on Broadway. This boy could sing. And Laurie enjoyed it, but he wasn't the one. Ah, but then along came Tim. Tim was Laurie's date to the prom. Wow. And Tim, I got to just be honest with you, Linda will say yes, Tim was good looking, very good looking. And he also had a a romantic side to him. One night I came home, it was, I don't know, in the summertime. Well, it may have been May. I'm not even sure the timing of this part of the story. But I came home at night, Tim was there, and Linda and Laurie and our sons were gathered. Dad, Dad, we got to watch the news. And I thought, what's so great about the news? Just the local news. And they turned on the TV for the local news, and I'm sitting there wondering, what is this about? And then came on a story. The news reporter had been out at the baseball park. We have a minor league baseball team in Oklahoma City. And John, I mean, Tim, not John, Tim. (laughs) This is a story about Tim and Laurie. 
had gone to the baseball game that night, and I knew they had, so I thought, what happened at the game? Was there a triple play? Was there a grand slam? And then suddenly the reporter said, well, the game, the final score, and all he mentioned about the game was the final score. But something wonderful happened tonight at the game, and I thought, what was it? And they flashed to the scoreboard, and on the scoreboard at this minor league baseball game was Laurie. Will you marry me, Tim? And as that came up on the scoreboard, all the Diamond Girls, part of the baseball team's program, came up to where Tim and Laurie were sitting, and they had flowers, and they had a little jewel case, and Tim knelt down at the baseball field and asked Laurie to marry him. How many knew that story? Let's see that's. No, I don't see any hands going up. So this, this is new. Laurie's going. <laughs> and Laurie said yes. And that's how I found out my daughter was engaged, by watching the news on television that night. Wow. But Laurie, at the end of that summer, was already scheduled to go to college, Southwestern, and there was a freshman orientation week, and Laurie went to the freshman orientation week, and that Saturday night was supposed to be the freshman orientation week party, ending the week with a party. And Tim said to Laurie, you can't go. And Laurie said to Tim, goodbye. <laughs> Gave him back his ring, and that was the end of the engagement. I got to be honest, I'm going to give you a little brief insight. Lynn and I were actually happy because we had already seen, we could see how controlling Tim was. Laurie hadn't seen it till that moment. But in that moment, she said, goodbye, Tim, and started college. And in about a month, I get a phone call, and the son of the bishop of our denomination wants to date my daughter. I went up to the bishop because I happened to be in meetings with him, and I said, what are your son's intentions with my daughter? Well, it turns out his intention was holy, and he wanted to marry her. Have you ever seen John nervous? Anybody in the house ever seen John? You should have seen him the night he walked into my living room with a friend of his as support to ask for Laurie's hand in marriage. It was unbelievable how nervous John was. And I just sat there with a smirk on my face, see how he can get this out. What I didn't know, however, at that time, I would actually find out years later, to my surprise but also to my joy, Laurie had always hoped to marry a preacher. I didn't know that, but it turns out she loved being a preacher's kid. She was one of those PKs that didn't hate the church. She loved the church so much she wanted to have the same life that her mother had, married to a preacher. So it turns out John was the dream man for Laurie, and her hopes were realized, and they have spent a life together following hard after Jesus and loving every minute of it. Even the challenges they've loved because they're in the will of God. 
My theme is hope. Everybody say hope. How many hope this sermon gets over on time? Let's just see, see those hands. Well, let's talk about that. Romans 15, 13 says this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's three things you can get out of this. He is the God of hope. Right there. We, we only have to trust him for our hopes to be realized. And this God of hope will fill you with joy, that spirit of ecstasy, of excitement, of, oh, I can't believe this just happened, as you have a smile on your face as you utter those words. But he's also the God that will fill you with peace, that brings calm in the midst of chaos, joy, and peace. And he will do that, that you may abound in hope, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not that you have just a little bit. Not just that you say, oh, I hope this happens. But that you abound in hope through believing. And the joy of God and the peace of the Lord come upon you that that hope abounds. And they lived happily ever after. John and Laurie have gone through some trials. They've had some challenges. They lived happily ever after is how you end fairy tales. A Disney movie is going to end the story at the wedding. But all of you, especially if you are married or have been married, know that that's just the beginning of the real love story. And it was for John and Laurie as well. Hope is what we need, not just life living. There are three things that I want you to hear that come out of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter in God's Word. And it is this, there are three things that abide, faith, hope, and love. Now faith, we've heard about faith, it is impossible to please God without faith according to Scripture. So if we want to make God happy and joyful, not that He's never is unhappy but here's the deal faith is required that we will believe in this God of hope love well right there in the 13th chapter of first Corinthians where we hear about faith hope and love we find out that love never fails we also discover that God is love so faith and love sandwiched hope. We know more about faith and we know much more about love than we really do understand hope. And that's understandable. Faith and love, in fact, are both mentioned over 300 times in Scripture. They are some of the main themes of God's Word. However, hope is only mentioned about a third of those times. And it's somewhat misunderstood. In fact, I think for many people, hope really is all about just wishful thinking. Let me express this to you. Hope is only wishful thinking if you don't have faith in a loving God. 
But if you have faith in God who loves you and is love, then you can believe in him, and that belief will produce true and real hope in your life that God will help you to overcome whatever challenges you're facing, whatever trials have come your way, and whatever storm of life is brewing up overhead right now. You need to hope for good things. I think the opposite of hope simply might be fear. And here's the problem. Fear expects the worst. Hope expects the best. And you can only really hope when you truly have faith in a loving God. Ah, but the storms will come anyway. Even if you know God, you sincerely follow God, and you are in the will of God, you will still have some trials and storms because every life has some pain. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. So there will be changing times. There will be challenging seasons. All of this is true in life. So, the truth of the matter is, a little storm is actually good for you. Everybody knows this. You need some rain. I love, in fact, I've got an app on my phone that controls my water sprinklers at home. And when I see that there's a rainstorm, I get so happy. I go to my app and I say, don't run the sprinklers for four days. I hate paying the water bill when my sprinklers run all the time. So a little rainstorm makes me joyful. And I'm really happy today because we're going to have a storm in Edmond later today. And I want to thank all of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, we did that for Richard. Because every storm I get at home starts somewhere down here and just travels up I-44 the problem is sometimes by the time it gets to our house, it's a tornado. So thank you very much. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes it rains and sometimes it pours. I've just got to say, just be ready for that. How many have ever heard of William Henry Harrison? Ninth president of the United States of America. Elected in 1840, just before I was born. And he had his inauguration on March 4th, 1841. Now, he was a manly kind of man. He was the type of guy that wanted you to see that he was a manly kind of man. He had fought in the War of 1812, and Canoe was still on his tongue for how he wanted to be perceived. May 4th, 1841 turned out to be a very wet day, and it was cold to boot. But Mr. Harrison said, ah, the people got to see me. So as he made his way to the inaugural platform, he didn't travel by coach. He just rode on a horseback, waving to the people as 
the horse took him down the road. He didn't put on an overcoat. He didn't put on a top hat. He just wanted the people to see his face and see the smile on his face as he was becoming the president of the United States. As he went, he got ready and he had a speech. Whoa, did he have a speech. The guy spoke for almost two hours in his inaugural speech, in the cold and in the rain. Can you imagine being in that crowd that day? Well, when he got finished, he had some sniffles. The next day, he woke up sick. And that sickness turned into pneumonia, and William Henry Harrison died on April 4th, 1841. From a cold he caught while standing out in the rain for two hours giving a speech. I'm going to cut this short. I don't want to come into pneumonia myself. Shortest term as president as a result of the longest speech given on Inauguration Day. Here's a couple of lessons you might need to write down when you're in the rain. Come out of the rain. Get inside where it's warmer. If you don't have the opportunity to get inside, have an umbrella. I actually told Linda, put an umbrella in your purse. It's supposed to be raining in which it all falls by the end of the third service. Yeah, we were driving in sunshine, but apparently we're driving in a storm when the service is over. So we've got an umbrella. We're ready to go. What kind of umbrella do you need in your personal spiritual life? The kind that God gives us, which is the umbrella of his grace. Grace is going to cover you for every situation you encounter. Grace will be available to you to relieve you of the burden of your own sin, shame, and guilt. Grace will be available to you when you have need or lack of something. Grace will come and provide for you. Grace will be available to you when you are sick in body. And by the grace of God, you could be made well through the power of healing, through the stripes that Jesus Christ bore in his own body on the cross. Grace covers a multitude of sins. It covers a multitude of needs. And it protects from every kind of storm that may ever come into your life. Every one of you should take out an umbrella and... Have it with you. Now, sometimes you wake in the morning and it's sunny, and you say, I don't need an umbrella today. But that storm could come up in the afternoon. However, you don't even have to worry about that. You can be clothed with Christ and his grace cover you 24-7. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Grace is my favorite concept in Scripture. Grace. Get an umbrella, folks. However, I got to tell you, not every storm is simply a shower. There are sometimes we have what I call, or at least I've heard called, summer squalls. Ever found yourself in a summer squall that's a little bit heavier than just a shower of rain? In fact, it can include lightning and thunder and high winds and perhaps even hailstorms come up in the afternoon unexpectedly. You have to be ready for those moments. 
here's what Scripture says to us, and I want you to hear this word. It says in Philippians 4 and 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things give thanks to God. Let me tell you briefly about a summer I once, uh, that Linda and I once had. I started off July with bronchitis. In fact, over July 4th, I still had that bronchitis, but it got better. But three weeks later, before July was over, I got bronchitis for the second time. Now, I've had bronchitis over years in my life, but I'd never had bronchitis in the summertime. And now I was having it twice in one month, the month of July. To begin and to end the month, I had bronchitis. Linda, who spent 35 years working in the banking industry, had been told that she was having to move offices. So she was packing up everything in her office to make that move, and she had a box on the floor and a box in her hand. So she just tried to move the heavy box that was on the floor with her foot. But when she did, she damaged a nerve in her back, and that pain went all the way from down her spine to the toes of her feet, and she was in incredible pain and would spend the next several weeks in physical therapy because of that severe pain. Along with both of us having some physical ailments, I had a car that I'd only bought about three months before this, and it broke down three months after I bought it in that same month in July. Totally broke down. The engine quit running. I had to have it towed to the shop. I didn't know what was going on. And then I was told how much it would cost to repair the car. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I just got this car. Along with that, that wasn't the only vehicle that broke down. I was pastoring at the time. And we had a Royal Rangers group in our church. And I had arranged to rent a bus to take our Royal Rangers all the way back to North Carolina for a camperama. And the bus broke down on the way. I found out the boys were standing on the side of the highway and would spend four hours in that summer heat while the bus was broke down. Ah, and in the third week of July... We had planned a family vacation. We invited all the kids, all the grandkids to join us. We had rented this beautiful cabin down at Broken Bow Lake, which is in southeast Oklahoma, a beautiful area. And we were going to spend time all week relaxing, swimming, boating, doing whatever we wanted. The place was beautiful. Now, we were supposed to leave Sunday after church service was over. And but Lynn and I got home, and I had a message from the people that had rented us the cabin, and the cabin had been taken off the rental market and would not be available for us to use. The kids were already driving there. We were changing clothes to go there, and I thought, what are we going to do? Why would they do Turns out the renters of the week before had trashed the thing, had destroyed some things, and so the owner got so upset, said, no more renters, and took it off the market in the matter of a second. And we lost our place. So here, uh, I've been sick. I will be sick again. I've got a car that's broke down and a can and Royal Rangers that broke down. And now my vacation is being canceled at the strictly last minute. Wow. Be anxious for nothing? But in all things give thanks to God? Really? Here's what happened. I got well. And I also learned to be proactive 
when I started getting the sniffles, I started going to the doctor and get some meds before it could ever turn into bronchitis. And I've never really had that issue severely again. Linda went through physical therapy, but she did get better to the point where that problem was over. My car, it turned out, was still under warranty, so that engine problem didn't cost me a penny. In fact, the dealership apologized to me that I even ever had the problem. The bus, they sent a new bus, a newer bus, a nice bus, to pick up those boys. They made it on to Camperama and had a fantastic time. And the vacation, the rental agency was so apologetic, they said, here's what we'll do. There's two cabins that are side by side, and they're both available. We'll give your family both cabins. So we had more bedrooms, more bathrooms, and more televisions than we would have had with the one that we lost. Yeah. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things give thanks to God. Here's what I discovered. That if you'll make a temporary problem permanent, that's on you. But give it to God, it's on Him. And don't allow those problems that really are just temporary to grow and mushroom out to where they become an everlasting issue in your life. Deal with it and ask God to help you deal with it, and it'll be done. Be anxious for nothing. You want to multiply the benefits of hope, add gratitude to your attitude, and just see what God wants to do. Praise God. Sometimes, however, there are destructive storms. Now hear me on this. There are those storms that can have the potential to totally destroy. In my neighborhood, I was standing in the street with my son, Ryan, because there was the threat of tornado that day. And I was pointing over there and I was saying, Ryan, does that look like it's doing this? At the same time that I'm pointing with my right hand, in my left hand, I've got my cell phone. I've opened up the app for the local news so I could follow all the reports they were giving about the weather. And we're looking that way where I've pointed to try to see, is that a tornado that's forming? When the weatherman said, a tornado has set down in Edmond, where we live, at 15th, I mean, it, it wasn't 15th, it was 33rd, 33rd and Boulevard. And I went, what? And I turned my gaze that way, and there was no question. That's a tornado. Now, standing out there, I told my two neighbors, two ladies who live next door to us, I said, hey, if a tornado's headed our way, we just built a storm shelter, and you're welcome to join us if you want. So when I saw that tornado, Ryan and I immediately rushed and ran to the storm shelter. Now, Lynn is a lot smarter than both of us boys. She was already there. And we're in the storm shelter, and then I heard the plop, plop of feet coming our way. And it was the two ladies, and they had brought their three dogs with them. 
and we got in the storm shelter. So just get this. It's a Pentecostal preacher, his wife, his son, two lesbians, and three dogs. That's my story. And I said, let's pray. I th- I'm not sure about the dogs, but the five humans in the, in the shelter bowed their head. And I said, Lord, we need your protection right now. Help us to not find our home gone when we arise out of this shelter. In fact, Lord, I'm asking you to protect our entire neighborhood. May all of our property be secure and safe. And may no harm come to any person in our neighborhood. In Jesus' name, and all five of us said, amen. Amen. We heard that freight train overhead. But we got out when the sound was gone. And our house hadn't experienced any damage. We had a neighbor across the street that watched the whole thing from his back porch. Okies, what can I say? And he said the tornado came straight over our house and kept going, and his story was validated by the news because the hospital that had just been built, the grand opening was the next weekend, was what took the damage. And I realized it wasn't in our neighborhood. I should have prayed for it too. Nobody and nothing was damaged in our neighborhood. God was with us. We were prepared for the moment because we had a storm shelter. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Be prepared. But you see what I did there? See how I've spelled pair? Pre means before the storm, before the challenge, before the season of trial, before all of that happens. And in fact, I'm going to be a forecaster right now. I'm not a prophet, but I am a forecaster. There will be a storm in your life. In fact, there will probably be more than one. And one of those storms might be the kind that has the potential to utterly destroy. Be pre Paired. Pair yourself with the God of hope. Pair yourself with the Prince of Peace. Pair yourself with the one who can steal the waters, calm the sea, and stop the winds. Pair yourself with Jesus Christ for the storm that is coming your way. Here's what the word says, but as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads. Here's God's word to you today. He begins by saying, I love you with everything that's in me. Then he says, I'm making my grace available to you. If you need to be forgiven of sins, that's what I want to do for you and will do right now for you. If you need to overcome the challenges that have come up in your life, I'm here for you. 
I will provide for you. I will meet your need. I will see you through. I will be with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Come along beside me. I'll walk with you. I'll hold your hand. And if it really gets rough, I'll carry you. Is there anyone in the room this morning that would raise your hand and say, Richard, I need for my sins to be forgiven. I want to commit my life to Christ. I want him to take over my life. All right, I see three hands. Anybody else? I see five hands. Anybody else? Jesus wants to pair up with you right now, and he will overcome your past, and he will give you hope for a good future. Anybody else want to receive Christ this morning as your personal Savior? All right, I've seen five hands. I can't see the whole room. I want everybody to pray this prayer. Let's just prepare ourselves again for what's coming. Everybody, join with these five. Now, the five of you who raised your hand, say it with faith. Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your grace that covers me. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse my heart. Make me new. Fill me with the spirit of joy and peace that I live all the rest of my days for you. Thank you for pairing up with me today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Give the Lord a praise. Now, if you have a need, just lift your hand for a moment. Just lift your hand. If there's any kind of challenge in your life, in Jesus' name, we are paired with you. Help all of this congregation experience joy and peace again, that they can be happy and also be calm in the season they're in. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.